You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Week 24, we have done it. We have reached the end of the regular season here, at least for this show. Week 24, this is going to be the last week of us doing this format for the call-up. I've got a lot of fun stuff planned for the offseason, but Baby Huey, a.k.a. Michael Richards, has been riding the whole season with me here. Mike, how you doing? Doing great, Mendy. Always glad to be here. Like I said, last few weeks, I can't believe we've been doing this for five, going on six months. I've had a blast. It's actually helped me uh, stay in in tune with the prospects and also keep my mind off of my TGFBI stuff going on. So I love it. Uh, As usual, we brought in another great guest this week. This is uh, another young man that I've noticed on Twitter since I got started. He does a lot of the things that I used to do when I was really big into prospects last year. Uh, a lot of good information being posted, and I definitely wanted to highlight him before we sign off for the season. That's right. And for those, again, that don't know, Mike's currently still in first place in TGFBI. We have hundreds and hundreds of people competing. So Mike's definitely had his attention focused there with his prospect study, of course. And he kind of gave us a tease here. But without further ado, we bring you in a man who's bringing you prospect news, evaluations, and rankings. And he has his own Discord where he does do just that. He also talks Bowman baseball cards and, of course, just fantasy baseball in general. You can find him on Twitter at DownOnTheFarm8. It is Vinny. Don't know his last name, but you got to pay extra to find that out. What's yeah, going gotta, on, man? You got to join the Discord to find that one out. I'm doing <laughs> good, man. Wrapping up, you know, last week of minor league baseball is here. Getting ready for Arizona Fall League coverage. Baseball never stops, thankfully, until we get to the dead zone in December, but we're keeping it going. That's right. Baseball never sleeps. In the offseason will be the hot stove, like you said, the fall league. So much great stuff uh, that for just the hardcore baseball fan. But, Vinny, I got to ask you, we teased the Discord. If I were to go and I were to click that link in your bio, what am I going to go see when I hop in that Discord? Uh, you're going to find we have a Dynasty League. With our Discord, we have uh, we have a chat room for Bowman baseball cards for collectors out there, uh, prospect rankings that I drop, uh, just general questions, and then chat between all the members. Love, oh, cool little community we have there. Sounds fantastic. So, again, if you want to check out that Discord, make sure you go on Twitter to at DownOnTheFarm8, and it's linked in his bio, so you can check that out there and join that awesome community. Sounds like a great time. Um, so, last week here, doing this format, Vinny, perfect guess to kind of close the book on this season, the minor league season here. And again, for those that are just tuning in for the first time, welcome. This is how we do things, or how we've been doing things. We kick things off with our minor league players of the week. So, who has really been shining under the bright lights over the last seven days? 
Kicking things off with our first player here in Colton Kowser of the Baltimore Orioles, one of their top prospects. A little cold recently. We were talking pre-show, but still just a fantastic young talent. Over his last 43 plate appearances, a 278 average. Got a home run, 16.3% K rate. And on the season, just a very balanced stat line all around. Vinny, he is going to be a nice, nice player when he does get up to the big leagues, but he's been doing awesome things in the minor leagues this year. Yeah, he was, when I picked him, he was very, very on fire, but he's cooled down a little bit. But I was a big fan of Colton Kowser coming out of Sam Houston State, out of the draft. He was a big bat that was not, he got a lot of buzz towards the draft, but before, pre-draft process early in the season no one was really talking about him he was a borderline you know second third round pick but he's really picked it up he's jumped from a ball all the way to triple a this year which is a very good very good for his future outcome um he still strikes out a lot which i'd like to see that go down a little bit but if i were to like if i were to comp him for fantasy he's more he's a more contact based uh charlie blackman that i mm. think would fit nicely at a corner outfield, uh, he hits for power more than I think Charlie Blackman did when he was coming up in 2011, 2012 range. But with uh, with Kowser, uh, his swing is just, it's a nice, quick left-handed stroke, and he just throws the ball to all fields. Yeah, I, I mean, he's one of the many Oriole prospects that are, kind of knocking on the door to come up and, and be an impact over the next year or two here. Uh, I love his game. Again, balanced, like you said, he's just tons of great tools there. If I were to ask you, and, and Mike hates when I do this, Vinny, if I were to ask you, what do you think his ETA would be? You think he has a chance next season to start out the year with the big league club, or do you think it's closer to midseason? I think it really depends on what the, what the Orioles do. Like, if they go and for some reason, they'll trade uh, Cedric Mullins or lose Austin Hayes. I think he, he breaks camp next year more than likely if that happens, but he's going to be an early call up. He is, he's pushing it right now. He probably should be a call up now, but not to rush it. I'd like to see the strikes rate go down a little bit, but he's going to be very quick. So probably late May, early June next year, I could see him playing right or left for the Orioles. Awesome. Colton Kowser, name that you're going to be hearing in the big leagues very soon. Our next hitter is going <laughs> Asteri Ruiz. Uh, he, this show should be named the Asteri Ruiz program as uh, Mike teased me before the show and said that there's going to be a name I'd like to see on here. He now is with the Milwaukee Brewers, passed with the San Diego Padres. 457, 537, 800 slash lines. Got 10 stolen bases over the last 10 days and 80 on the season. That was his big calling card, Mike. Do you think we see him with the Brewers before the end of the season? Well, first of all, I want to say this show is this is the face of the show, so it's yep. only fitting that he's <laughs> the player of the week, the final week. And I, and I didn't plan this out. I looked up my usual way of finding players. He leads the minors last 10 days in OPS and stolen bases. So he's on fire again, doing what he's been doing. And I just wanted to take time to appreciate his overall season. Uh, you know, he struggled in a few 25, 26 plate appearances in the in majors. But I think there's a buy opportunity in Dynasty if that's the lasting image we have of going into the offseason. But this guy hit 342, 557, or 457, 546. So we all like a 345 slash line. He cleared all of those easily 
109 runs, 16 homers, 61 RBIs, and 80 stolen bases with a 12% strikeout rate, 17% or 12% walk rate, 17% strikeout rate, and a 165 WRC plus. That's an amazing season across the board. That's everything you want from a fantasy player. If he's able to work his way in to an everyday role with this team, I can't see how he doesn't put up at least early mid round fantasy value just with that skill set alone. There are people who are going to question his ability to get to power and what kind of hit tool he has in the major leagues. And I just think there's so much speed here, so much potential in that, in that one category alone that it's worth buying even high right now on, on him and just going into the off season with him on all your teams, if you can get him. Now you say buy high, but I'm actually thinking you might be able to buy low because people that might've watched him this year might have been really disappointed with what he did at the big leagues. And that's the lasting impression they're getting of him. So yep. I might argue that you could potentially buy low. Would that be a case you think, Mike? Yes. And, and that's kind of what I, I didn't say it correctly, but I, you definitely should be buying low, but I would even buy from someone who's not willing to sell low. Is, is kind of what I mean. Like I'm just willing gotcha. to target him as though we didn't see any flaws in his game at the end, but this is a guy you want on your teams. He's going to steal a bunch of bases. We've seen what Bubba Thompson is doing for fantasy mm-hmm. teams down the stretch. Right. Even if he's a below average hitter, he's going to, he's going to win Roto leagues for people. Yeah, I totally agree with that one there. Uh player I want to bring up really quick here is Jackson Merrill, who right now for those that have been living under a rock. The San Diego Padres basically traded their entire farm system for Juan Soto. So right now, at least according to MLB.com, he is their top-rated prospect right now. Uh, His last three games, because he is playing in the playoffs right now, he's 9 for 13, which is equivalent to a 692 average, uh, only 19 years old. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is his last game in uh, game one of a best of three against Fresno, he went four for five with three doubles and four RBIs, leading the Storm to a 13-2 victory. So, I mean, that's, to me, talk about a player of the week, somebody that's really putting it on over the last seven days here. That That's him. Um, you know, he was somebody that uh, was the 27th overall pick in the 2021 draft. He's six foot three, left-handed, and um, I think just overall a uh, good feel for hitting. He's got some power. He needs to continue to develop, but uh, I think overall he has a lot of nice tools there. He is a shortstop right now, but maybe he moves to second or third base, depending. Again, 6'3 is a, a big shortstop, so maybe he doesn't stick there long-term, but uh, I just think he's a lot of the good tools there that he could be a major part of things in San Diego down the road. I doubt you see him in the next few years, but uh, right now just very impressed with the, the tools that this young man possessed early on in his career. All right, let's go to the pitching side of things, and let's talk about a Boston Red Sox, specifically Brian Mata of the Boston Red Sox here. Right now, he's spent time between single A, high A, double A, and triple A this year, so he spent four different levels here. Over his last 10 days, nine innings, three earned runs, 14 strikeouts, and on the season in 17 games started, he's got 95 strikeouts in 77 and two-thirds innings, a 2-3-2 ERA, and a three six seven FIP. So, Vinny, let's talk about him, Mr. Mata. What should we know? Well, Mata, he suffered a, a season-ending injury last year. Didn't pitch 2021 much or at all. But when I look at pitchers 
for, you know, fantasy or dynasty, I like to look at the left on base percentage, like the mm-hmm. percent. And so far this year, he has not been below 70%, which is meaning he is leaving everyone on base if someone gets on there, which is very good. It doesn't, you know, his ERA is very good. Uh, the last three games he's played, he's had 19 strikeouts, and two of those games being against Anthony Volpe and Josh Bro of the Yankees, who are very, very good hitters. And just he's a workhorse. He's when he comes up, he's going to be a workhorse. He's going to eat innings. He is that stereotypical big strike thrower, but his command is going to be what destroys him. Like he does not throw his fastball with any command, but he does top 100 miles an hour, so he throws hard. His off speed is very good, but is dicey at times too with command. So you take that with a grain of salt, but. Boston has their workhorse pitcher they've been looking for for a while, I think. And I I think we see him very soon, too, like Colton Kowser. I think we see him either break camp or very early next year, which is very good for their season outlook next year. Now, let me ask you, Brian Bayo has been someone that's been featured a lot on this show as uh, somebody rightfully so with how great he's pitched um, at the minor leagues and the strikeout stuff he possesses. Where do you compare these two in terms of who do you think has the higher ceiling? Um, Bayo definitely has the higher ceiling, but Mata has been in his shadow all year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why no one's really picked him up. It's because it's been the Bayo show. But I could definitely see him and Mata, uh, Bayo and Mata holding down a rotation, like a three and four. Like upside for Mata, I could definitely see him being a uh, starting pitcher three, an SP three for fantasy with big innings and big Ks. And then I can also see a floor of a SP5, maybe a long reliever due to not getting command under control. Okay, fair enough. As again, that's with Brian Mata of the Boston Red Sox, who you could be seeing early next year as well. All right, next player on this list. Um, I don't know what his first name is because I can't see. The, Gordon. Thank you, <laughs> Gordon uh, Grespo of the St. Louis Cardinals, right-handed pitcher. Over his last 10 days, 12 innings, 16 strikeouts. No runs allowed. Also picked up two wins. And in his age 22 season between high A and double A, 139 and a third innings with 139 strikeouts. So just about a K per nine. 393 FIP, respectable 25.7% strikeout rate. Mike, St. Louis needs pitching. And it sounds like they have help on the way coming soon in the next, you know, hopefully year, year or two. Yeah, uh, Graceffo is someone that I identified early when I was looking at the pitchers who were breaking out in high A, and he was fantastic. Uh, looking at his scouting grades, he's got a, an above-average fastball plus slider, above-average curveball, above-average changeup, and above-average command. So we're talking about above-average command with four above-average to plus pitches. Uh, he struggled a little bit. His his performance in Double A hasn't been where it was in High A. The strikeout rates down quite a bit, but the walk rate's still good. And this is a t- it's a tough transition from High A to Double A. Some people make it look easy, but it's not easy. And he's starting to show what I saw from him in High A. And like you said, the Cardinals need pitching. This is a great organization to be a pitcher in. I think the organization is high on him. This is someone I think might not necessarily be a top of the rotation ace, but He's going to be someone I think who's going to really help in wins and whip and ERA down the road. 
you know, as a mid rotation type of guy. And uh, he doesn't get talked about a ton. Uh, I don't think we've brought him up on the show except mm-hmm. maybe early in the season. So uh, give him a look. He's, he's picking it up in double a, he's still only 22. So this isn't an, a super old guy either. Uh, he was just drafted in 2021. So uh, I definitely like the command. That's the big selling point here, but four above average pitches with command is, is not as common as it would seem. Yeah. He's right now the pretty much him and Libertor, the top pitching prospects for the St. Louis Cardinals. There's uh, somebody that um, as a junior in high school, really put up some great numbers, six foot four, uh, like a, there's a very high ceiling. Like I, like you kind of mentioned here, Mike, and uh, somebody that's very interesting to keep an eye on here right now in double a for the Cardinals. Uh, what did you say? Is, do you see have like a, his stuff in terms of a best pitch or like, does he have a go-to pitch right now? Or is he kind of, have a couple pitches that you think could be major league ready. Well, he has four above average to plus pitches with above average command. Uh, his, his best pitch is a plus slider right now. So it's, it's like, he's, he's going to use that slider to get a lot of strikeouts, but he, he's able to locate that fastball, the curveball, the change. It's all, it's all good. It's a, it's a really good pitcher. It's just not, you see the 25.6 strikeout percentage, you know, this isn't the huge 38% strikeout rate, but, it's a guy who just knows how to get outs and doesn't walk people. It's always a good thing. So again, Mr. Graceffo, a name you need to keep an eye on, especially for uh, next season or even 2024 when he eventually will be up with the St. Louis Cardinals. Next player to talk about Thomas Parsons, who is in that same organization, right-hander for the St. Louis Cardinals, a little bit older. He's 27. So he's not a young gun by any means. But one of the things I did want to highlight on him is over his last 10 days, 11.2 11.2 innings, 11 strikeouts, a 1.54 ERA, um, and on the season, 11 wins. 4.19 ERA isn't flashy, and the FIP is not pretty. 5.92 FIP, uh, and the K rate is not great at 19.5 percent. But he's been pitching well. Again, right now, Memphis is in a playoff run right now, and he's pitching his best ball. So I did want to make sure he was highlighted. He's not considered a top prospect for this organization. Somebody that maybe next year I could easily see if they have some injuries to their pitching rotation. Or, you know, they have a double header and they need to call up a pitcher. Potentially he comes up and he pitches a game or two. Uh, but right now, not doing anything crazy in AAA, but again, helping out his team when they needed it the most. So you deserve to be highlighted on this show when that's the case. But I don't think with the low strikeout rate as it is right now, obviously the FIP is a lot higher than the ERA. Uh, maybe, you know, you could say his whip is, is very respectable, but at this point, somebody that I'm not too bullish on i think long term obviously already being 27 as we mentioned so again that's thomas parsons for those that do want to take a gamble on him um in those dynasty leagues to see if he does get some action next year so normally we go to the notable promotions there were no notable promotions that i saw over the last seven days here so we're going to skip that section and we're going to move to our prospect watch players that we've been watching doing things this year in the minor leagues doesn't have to be this past week and our first player is uh, Jefferson Cuero of the Milwaukee Brewers here, Vinny. Between high A and just regular A ball, 57 RBIs, 10 stolen bases from a catcher is nice. 116 WRC plus. Seems like he's uh, very comfortable and moving up the ranks very nicely here. Yes, Cuero, to start the season, he was it started off a little slow, but he started to pick up as the season go, went on. 
but Cuero became he got uh, really onto the radar in 2021 when uh, Baseball America posted a video of him hitting a home run in the Complex League, and that's when I found out about him. And then I started looking into him then, and he just destroyed Complex League. He would have made his debut in uh, Carolina in 2021, but he suffered a separated shoulder in his non-throwing arm and had to get surgery, so he got shut down for the rest of that season in 2021. Uh, he he has been in the shadow of Jefferson, uh, of uh, Jackson Churio, and I think that's why he's still a little bit under the radar. But having a catcher with 10 stolen bases and a cape a strikeout percentage under 20 is very hard to find. He's more off. He's definitely offensive over defensive right now, but it definitely could shift. He could go more defensive and just sell it out on the offensive side, but the bat is big and there's a lot to like there. He uses his lower half of his body a lot in his swing and he produces some eye popping home runs. Um, the one thing to watch with him though, is he was, he's 19 and he's going to the fall league this year. He's probably going to be the starting catcher for uh, whatever team he's on for the fall league. Uh, If he does very good in the fall league, you could start seeing him getting that early Gabriel Moreno, Francisco Alvarez Mm. hype going into next year. Cause there is definitely enough power to have uh, to have a lot of categories for uh, doubles, triples, homers and RBI production. And for him, all season, he had one game with three strikeouts. You you never see that much at all, having you know less than three strikeouts a game. Yeah, he sounds like a very very exciting young player. I'm glad you brought him to the table for this episode because I don't think he's made an appearance all season here. So it's a very exciting catching prospect to look ahead to as we go into the off season and what he's going to do in the Arizona Fall League. Our next player, Grant McRae of the San Francisco Giants, an outfielder, also between. A and high A, 23 home runs, 43 stolen bases, uh, 11.8% walk rate here, Mike. The Giants, we've been talking about a couple of their pitching prospects, but it's nice to talk about a, a hitting prospect here that's you know, not one that I think we've talked about, again, all season. So what should we know about Grant McRae? Yeah, M- Grant McRae, I'm bringing him up because he caught my eye early in the season, and I never really talked about him because he was in low A as a 21-year-old. And that's usually the age I'm looking at, 18, 19 year olds. So I was a bit dismissive, but his numbers, as you can see, are are very good. Over 100 runs on the season, over 20 home runs, over 40 steals. The 8.1 speed grade suggests the the speed is legitimate. He does have a 30% strikeout rate, and that is the big concern with him. Everything else looks good besides the strikeout rate. I look at his scouting grades. He's got plus speed. He's got above average power. That that looks right to me and with a below average hit tool. So it's basically, can he limit those strikeouts uh, to reach a, a big, big time upside? If not, I still think he eventually gets to the majors down the road and is a guy who has a low batting average and gives you home runs and steals. But if he can just reduce the strikeout percentage down to like 25 or even a little bit lower as he moves up, there's a lot of upside here. You know, the numbers speak for themselves. Like everything on that screen looks fantastic besides the strikeout rate. So that's the one missing link in his profile right now. And I'm sure that's one of those things, again, as he gets more acclimated, 
that's going to hopefully go down. And um, that's something, again, we could see growth for next season. Again, that's Grant McRae. The last player we're going to talk about in this section, a lot of people know who this guy is already. James Wood, outfielder for the Washington Nationals and their organization right now in A ball. On the season, 12 homers, 62 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, only a 22.9% K rate with a 13.3% walk rate. I want to first tease that I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be able to get him on the call-up this offseason. He's going to come on and speak to Mike and I. Um, I have some connections with because he's from the area I grew up in. So I I don't want to say it's for sure, but there is some wheels turning with that progress happening with him coming. But rightfully so, this is a guy that he finished out the regular season, a 293, 366, 463 slash with a pair of homers, 17 RBIs, and 14 runs in 21 games to finish out the year. He also went four for four on stolen bases to end the year, and he played exclusively center field in uh, for Fredericksburg after the trade. So right now, he looks like he has a lot of great tools in place. He's six foot seven. Just the, the potential on this kid is is endless. He's been, I think, one of the fastest rising prospects this season. I think he got up to like 35, and he was barely in the top 100 going into the year or something like that. So I love James Wood. He's going to be somebody that you're going to be hearing a lot of next season. And hopefully on this show, like I mentioned, hope you'll be hearing him on this show in the offseason. So James Wood, make sure if you're not familiar with him, you get familiar with him. He's going to be a great, great player. Last section, who's next? Who do we think could be next in these last couple of weeks for the call-up? We've got two guys for you. First guy is Oscar Colas of the Chicago White Sox, who are right now trying to chase a playoff spot. And he's right now only gotten up to double A, but we've seen that double A jump before. But 21 homers, 75 RBIs, and under 22% strikeout rate here, Vinny. You think there's a chance he gets the call? As a Cubs fan, it pains me to say it, but yes, I think he should. He should have already been up with them. He just got promoted to AAA earlier this week, but he's done nothing but hit all season. And it's not like little like bloopers and, you know, it's been hard contact and big home runs. The only problem I do have is that when he's not hitting big home runs, he is hitting bloopers. He's averaged over a 40% ground ball rate this season, which, okay, you can take that with a grain of salt if you want to, but he definitely could fill in a spot if the Sox do make it to the playoffs to come off a big bat off of that bench because they really are lacking a big impactful bat on that bench, especially with Tony La Russa managing too. You need all the help you can get right now. That's and right. I, and if he doesn't come up this season, he's definitely going to push for a break in camp. I don't see how he doesn't. He'll probably influence a couple of their moves in the offseason. I would strongly think they would, but we'll see how it plays out. Oscar Cole is trying to make a case for getting that call up to help this team out, chase a playoff spot, and has done everything to, to uh, earn that privilege. So we'll see if he gets that opportunity before the season ends here for the White Sox. Our last player, James Altman of the Los Angeles Dodgers, an outfielder who spent time in AA and AAA this year, closing on 100 RBIs, 27 homers, 12 steals, 151 WRC plus with a 276 ISO here, Mike. We know the Dodgers have been very frustrating with their call-ups. We've predicted some might get the call and they haven't, or they do when they get sent back down. And I'm looking at a few guys that are, are popping my head, like Bobby Miller. We've been waiting for that call. And then 
all the struggles with Miguel Vargas we've seen, but you feel different. Maybe James Outman could break that mold and stick with the Dodgers here. Well, that's that's a tough one to answer. I actually questioned whether or not I should mention him, but he's just been one of the best players in the minor leagues for the last month. And like you said, the Dodgers are loaded with talent. It's going to be hard for him to break in. Even if he did get called up this year, I wouldn't expect him to play consistently. So, But that being said, he is 25 years old. He's been productive in the upper levels. And he's actually been pretty productive in when in his short, short stint in the major leagues as well. So I think he's going to be in the major leagues next year, whether that's versus, via trade or some other method. I'm not sure that he's part of the Dodgers plans, but I do think if he was in a different organization, he would have already been in the major leagues. I think he's better than a, just an average player. So if he can find himself in the right situation, I think there's some potential here for volume and he should be basically free come draft time next year. So, uh, you know, he does strike out a bit much uh, similar to the last player we talked about, but everything else is pretty good. I think he's got uh, less speed and more power. So this is just a good solid player. And I don't think he gets talked about basically ever. I haven't heard him talked about much this season. So just wanted to highlight him in our final show of the year because he's been on my radar for a while now. Yeah, and I'm glad we brought him up here, especially because he hadn't really been talked about. So it's a great one to end the show and a great one to end a fantastic season here. 24 weeks of tons. I mean, we've talked about probably hundred or close to 100 minor leaguers by this point. So it's it's been a, a ride. It's been fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully everybody that's been watching has been able to get further acclimated to the minor leaguers that are doing great things. I know I definitely have. And uh, with that being said, Vinny, I want to say thank you so much for hopping on the show and being a part of the last episode of the regular season with us. And please plug anything you're doing or where people can find you or any of your work. It's been a pleasure being on here, guys. Thanks for the invite. Um, you can catch me on my Twitter down on the farm eight. I usually post everything there. If it's not there, you can join the discord and it'll definitely be on the discord. I'm in the process of making a website. So when that does drop, it will be first on my Twitter and Discord. But be ready. I'm getting all the Arizona Fall League coverage, all the players to watch, all the players not to watch. Well, getting ready to go. Awesome. Well, we can't wait for that. Again, find him on Twitter at DownOnTheFarm8 for all that, those updates with that and all the great stuff that he's doing. Mike, give us one last update with TGFBI because uh, this might be it. Even if you know we're back on next week for the draft, I'm sure that we want maybe maybe get to that. So give us your thoughts, just closing thoughts on how it's been for you, TGFBI this year. Well, yeah, I, I know people don't love hearing about other people's teams too much. So I've tried not to bore everyone with that sort of stuff. But as I've said, this is a big deal for me. I'm beating a lot of people right now that I didn't expect to, and I don't think they expected me to either. So I'm really just trying to give my all to this. As I've said before, I don't know when I'll be in this situation again. I've got 16 days to close this out, and uh, it's a memory that I can have for the rest of my life. I'll be heartbroken. I'll be honest. If I lose it, I'll be heartbroken because <laughs> it's gonna—it's so hard to get to this spot. I'd have—I'd have to grind for another year to even have a chance. So, I'm really putting my all into this. But I've, like I said in the beginning of the show, I appreciate everything that this show has brought to me. It's kept me calm during times of a storm, and uh, I feel like 
this is uh, something I'm passionate about too. Like I've wanted to get better at uh, doing podcasts and speaking and doing this with you has helped improve my confidence. So uh, I just want to thank you for that as well. Oh, it's been a treat, man. We've been doing this for six months now. So it's been a, a blast to see you continue to get better with the microphone and just the confidence you have. You're on other podcasts now. I listened to you uh, just on one recently on the Pitcherless Network and you crushed it. Sound you can just tell a huge difference in the way that you're talking from then, uh, from or from when you were then to now. So it's just testament to all the hard work you've put in, and testament to our listeners for sticking around with us for the last six months. And again, if you guys are enjoying the content, please make sure you guys like the video, leave a comment down below. Anything you want could be uh, how awesome Vinny's hat is, or <laughs> how awesome uh, Mike's Mike's voice is behind the mic, or something like that. Anything to help boost the algorithm. And again, all off-season, there's going to be content coming out here, interviews with some minor leaguers. We'll also have some drafts. We'll have some other content coming. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But until then, for Mike, for Vinny, I'm David. We'll catch you all in the next one.